Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens extend their preseason victory streak to a remarkable 24 straight games. Still number one in a tight finish, 20-19, against the uh, NFC champion Eagles from Philadelphia. Both teams didn't play those players that got them into the postseason, but uh, they definitely played their up-and-coming players and they're back of the roster guys to see what would happen. And we learned a lot about our team in the process. Peter, what did you think about the game? You know, I, I think watching it, it, it felt like we w- we wanted to see more. And, and it felt a little bit disappointing. But in rewatching it and in thinking about it more, I do think overall, maybe not the best preseason showing we've ever seen. But I think it was far from the worst as well. I think there was definitely a lot of promising things we saw. And... You know, I, I don't think anything that happened that was bad was all that glaring. So overall, nice to see the streak extended, um, I guess. It'll be fun to, to rewatch or to watch the 30 for 30 on this preseason dynasty whenever they make that, you know, <laughs> and see. I was thinking about this today. You know, I, there's, there's some names there. You know, Tyler Huntley, Pro, Pro Bowl Tyler Huntley, man, in the preseason. He's something to watch. I don't think you put him on the Ring of Honor, but maybe we could get like a lamppost out front of the stadium, have the lamppost of honor for this preseason <laughs> dynasty, man, because like this is, it's never been done. At least we don't know because this isn't recorded, but <laughs> it's a streak, man. It's a great streak. I mean, it definitely hasn't been done. I think the longest was some like 21 game streak or something like that by the Packers back before like. NFL was real. Like, I mean, it's like the fifties and sixties. So it was just like super duper early days. Um, I think that's what I read, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, in the modern era, completely unheard of. And, uh, hopefully they can keep it rolling. Usually the defense is what helps the, uh, you know, Ravens team achieve the victory in the preseason. And I feel like this year was no different. Um, Interestingly enough, I think the defense was able to progressively get better, not because our third string was better than their third string, which it kind of is, but like more so because we were so limited in some position groups, specifically the secondary, that we basically played the same players the whole way through, and they had snap counts similar to a normal game where they, you know, Worley played every single snap. Um, Stevens and Seymour and Ardarius played almost all the snaps, um, a very high percentage of snaps. So these guys progressively got more and more dominant as the competition level lowered and they became more and more of the hammer in my opinion. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess there is something to be said for continuing your, uh, quality of play as the opponent gets weaker. So, you know, what can we take from it? It, Tough to say, but I think what is um, at least encouraging, like th- there were pr- um, struggles with the defense in the first half. I-, I think that is that goes without question. But it was kind of a bend don't break approach because even though the Eagles vastly outgained us in uh, total yardage as well as first downs in the first half, you know halftime was only it was only a three point tr- uh, deficit. They're only trailing by three, and you also look at this Eagles team in a lot of ways, they're like us. I mean, they have a very deep roster. All three quarterbacks that this Ravens defense had to go against are solid quarterbacks, not ones that are going to challenge for supplanting Jalen hurts, but you know, they start out with Marcus Mariota, veteran guy in this league mobile. He knows how to play football. That's tough for 
uh, a young a bunch of young guys trying to make the, the league to go against. Uh, Tanner McKee, you know, we talked about him in the pre-draft process. The scouting report on him was that he had an NFL-ready arm. That, that was on display in this game. Um, he made some some good throws in the game that was tough for the secondary to defend at times. And then whoever it was they threw out at the end there who was just doing his best Tyler Huntley impression allowed us to get like a 20-yard sack or whatever. Like, you know, that's some, that's tough to defend against as well, that mobility. So, you know, I, I think that even though we can pick holes in this and say there are some things that certain players, you know, struggled a little bit in areas, at least we know that they, they got a good test against a good uh group of players so it wasn't like they were struggling against the absolute worst of scrubs this is the up an upper echelon preseason roster that you're going to go up against uh in this this type of football in my opinion so i think we should take that into consideration when we're evaluating the players uh, from this game i definitely am i was worried this would be the game we'd lose um you know the eagles had a really really great draft we saw some of those players present that in this game uh, they're they're a smart organization. They've been savvy for years. That's how they got themselves to the Super Bowl last year. So, I think I also you know look at this as a, a pretty big one uh, and one I wanted to win uh, from that perspective. So, the defense I think was also interesting too. They came out on nickel that four two five we talked about with uh, Jason last episode, and they occasionally went to three four looks, but almost all nickel, uh, some three four, and literally nothing else. That's it. It's the only packages they played, which kind of limited the fact that they couldn't get to other players as often uh, because they just they used some players so much, uh, not just the DBs, but also the inside linebackers. So we saw Harrison and Delshawn Phillips inside of the linebacker for like basically the first three quarters until eventually seeing Ross and Welsh. They played really well. Um, Harrison got an interview at the end of the game. Phillips has been playing great throughout camp and seems to be solidifying himself on this roster, uh, particularly with his special team contribution, making me, you know, eat, uh, you know, eat crow on my evaluation of him from last year. So he's definitely playing quite well. And it was a real shame, though, that uh, Trent Simpson couldn't get some time out there. Obviously, he was hurt. I don't I haven't heard that he's back yet, but hopefully he gets back soon and can get some time in this rotation to get some live fire because he's one player. I just don't really see a path to him getting live fire that much during the regular season, unless there's an injury. Well, yeah. And I think especially if he's not able to get the the preseason snaps to give them a chance to, to see, you know, where is his, is he going to look at in actual NFL game action that, that could hurt him as well. And, you know, maybe the coaches don't care about that, but I, I'd imagine that those, those things are, they'd want to see on film. Um, to kind of help out with the evaluation of, of where he is right now against NFL level competition. But um, yeah, I, I agree. Phillips, he looked really good. So did Malik Harrison. Uh, Malik Harrison had a strong preseason last year as well. Didn't really translate into anything in the regular season. Uh, he's kind of, I guess at this point, what you would equate in Major League Baseball as a quadruple A player, guy who's like too good for what the equivalent of the minors is in the NFL, these preseason games, uh, but not quite yet. They're ready for the, the big time. So it's good to see him get get a sack. Good to see him make plays. Uh, certainly, you know, he when he's out there in these preseason games, he looks good, but just hasn't been able to, to put it together uh, when the games actually matter. Um, but at least showing that we have depth there. Um, and it's always good to see 
positive gains made by a guy like Phillips. So not too much more to add than that. Just hoping that that, that can give us some depth, you know, with Malik, it was kind of expected that he would have the performance he did, but you know, still good to see it. Definitely. What part of the defense did you want to talk about next? I think for me, uh, you know, the next part to look at would be the defensive line. I think that to start out with what went well, Travis Jones. Now, I don't think he made quite as big of an impact in this game as, as some of what we saw last year. I mean, last year, he needed like three offensive linemen in that Titans game to, to hold him back. But he still, I think, made a lot of good plays against the run. There were times that he was commanding double teams. He looked good out there to me, continuing to see uh, good progress there. Um, he was one of the big ones that I was looking at. On the flip side, you know, we were talking about a guy like Tavius Robinson last week. Where is he going to line up? What is he actually going to do? And we talked about how he's a developmental guy, and we really wanted to see something from him. And I don't really think that he made any plays, really. Um, He was kind of a guy who was just out there, didn't really see much from him. I thought that was a little disappointing for him. I seemed to line him up a lot at, at edge. I don't think I saw him with his his hands off the ground once, but I might've missed that. That seemed to be where we wanted to play him, but yeah, I would have liked to see more from him, but um, it was good to see Travis Jones continue to have uh, strong performances in these preseason games. Yeah. Travis Jones quite dominant on the field. I think it really lends credence to the idea of him playing three tech occasionally and just being able to make an impact. And I'm excited to see his continued growth. Uh, I was a little disappointed in Ojabo. He saw about 20 snaps. I felt like he didn't set the edge that well, and he bit a little bit, uh, you know, not allowing a Mariota uh, or allowing Mariota to get some yards. Diff- really difficult uh, to see that out of him because you do project him to be a starter and you want him to be more than just a pass rusher. Hopefully he continue to work on that, and I agree completely about Tavius Robinson. You know, He's been struggling in camp, as far as I could tell, uh, setting the edge, and uh, kind of just continued in this game. So I feel like he's going to be developmental piece. But there were some other guys that you know maybe you weren't paying attention to, or that have lesser chance of making the team, but continue to grow, and maybe a practice squad player, or if there is injury or reason, they can make it. I thought Malik Ham played quite well, hometown kid. Um, he had a sack, quarterback hurry, pass deflection. Uh, curious to see if he does any coverage snaps in the next two games be a potential Sam candidate. And uh, also Sanders played quite well in basically all the same ways that Malik Cam did. So I feel like there is some promise um, in the outside linebacker core, but not from the people that we were hoping to see it from. Um, not to say that they won't be promising in the regular season or they, they won't get there, but I just thought it, uh, it was a little bit underwhelming of a night. You know, you see on the opposite side, Jalen Carter, obviously, you know, ninth pick, maybe the best player in the draft, just had character concerns that fell down. You know, he had a great rep. Uh, Nolan Smith had a great rep in this game. You were hoping to see some of that from Ojabo as well, and it just wasn't really his night. Yeah, I mean, with Ojabo, I I agree. We didn't see much from him. You know, that said, I don't think he played poorly. I just think that we were expecting to see, uh, or or let's put it this way. At some point, we want to see more aggression. We want to see him, you know, pressure the quarterback more than he did. There were a couple times where he was able to get around the edge of the tackle and and get himself in the vicinity of making a pressure, but just wasn't there quick enough. Um, and again, I mean, I, I'm I'm not panicked about that personally. I my view with Ojabo this year is I am not expecting to see much from him 
until maybe a quarter, halfway through the season. I, I still think that it is a lot to ramp up to the NFL game after he essentially had a year off last year because while he did get in practices and he did get on the field, it, you know, your, your body's not fully recovered by that point. Like you can, you can be out there, but you're not able to do everything that you need to do that you were able to do at the college level um, with that point in your recovery. So I think at this point he needs, to, he's still going to be learning how to play in the NFL, how to translate his game now with a healthy body uh, from all that we know. So I, I, I'm still expecting it to be a little slow for this year, but I think at some point it is all going to click and he's going to have a monster year. But yeah, I mean, gosh, yeah. Malik Ham really put his name on the map. That was a beautiful sack that he had. And it wasn't one of those cases where you're, you're going up against a backup offensive lineman and they make a dumb mistake. It was a really nice uh, inside spin move that he did there uh, that just gave him a clear path to the quarterback. It was in there. Uh, Sanders, like you said, made plays as well. Uh, both of them looked like they belonged when they were out there. They looked, they were continually making plays. They were continually around around the field. I'm really interested to watch them in the next two games coming up. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's too crazy to say that one or both could offer some depth, you know, at, at be on the practice squad, be call-ups if there's injuries. I think we should always temper our expectations with these guys, particularly since they're uh, pass rushers, and we know that it takes them a while to develop. But there, there's some tools here that are really intriguing, and I think that they're, they, they look like they're in the mold of what we really like uh, historically at that position, and they're, they're certainly worth uh, looking and seeing what they can develop into, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, they answered some of the questions we had about the team, and I know that uh, guys like Ardarius Washington were also trying to answer some questions. You know, we're looking for a slot corner. We're looking for some depth at the cornerback position on the outside. And uh, Ardarius showed that he might be able to provide some slot corner depth. Uh, it seems like the safety depth's out of control. Worley is now kind of converted to that role, and he played out of his mind. Uh, granted, he was an eight-year veteran uh, playing all the snaps in a preseason game, so it's not terribly surprising, but he played well. Kind of reminded me of... What was it last year? Um, now I'm blanking on his name. When uh, Tony uh, Jefferson, right? That's his name. I'm not. Oh, in preseason last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, okay, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Jefferson. I forgot he was in. Yeah, I forgot yeah. he was on the preseason team last year. Yeah, yeah he was right. playing yeah. safety for us. Older <laughs> veteran playing well. Gino played well. You know, that was kind of uh, a little bit of the vibes we got from Worley. I think, like I said, our Darius played well. Amos, you know, he doesn't look like the one. Uh, I think I think he's uh, he's not going to make it, particularly with how good the safeties are. Um, you know, Stevens he had some up and downs. I think there's more up than down. He had those, that good pass breakup in the end zone, and uh, you know who really kind of turned my eye a little bit. Unfortunately, it wasn't until the very end of the game, so the quality of opponent is definitely questionable. But I thought Caillou Blue Kelly looked all right, and I am hoping to see more of him come. Uh, the next game is a little earlier to see if it's uh, a real thing or not. So hopefully we get to see a little bit more, but I think the DBs looking all right. And we, it does appear from uh, Harbaugh's presser that JAD will be available soon. Rock should be back soon. Uh, Pepe is going to be a little bit longer. He's like mid October. He has to have another surgery, but it sounds like some of the depths coming back and they'll have to figure out how to work these snaps differently. So then all these guys can get looks. Yeah. Um, 
gosh, I, I wish I could give a little bit better analysis on the secondary, but um, I went to, to rewatch the game, and uh, NFL Plus didn't have the All-22 available. I don't know. I can't remember if that's just not something they don't have for the preseason games, or maybe that's... Anyways, we don't need to complain about that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, from watching the game, from what I remember, uh, yeah, Ardarius Washington and Worley, they look like vets on the field. They did their job well. Um, I agree with you. I, I know Stevens got uh, dragged a little bit online for his play, particularly because I think the biggest plays that did happen, he was there for, not all of them. Like you said, Amos gave up a couple as well. Uh, the, the big one for Stevens was that one in the red zone that set up their touchdown, of course. That said, I do think if you go look back on it, there might have been a push off. I don't, it's kind of tough to tell from the camera angle, but I don't know if, if that one was 100% his fault. But yeah, I think overall we would have liked to see a better night from the secondary. But like you said, when the safety position is in as flux as it is, like that makes the job for the cornerbacks harder. And it's already hard enough because you're, just going in with whoever you're going to go in with. You're not really, this isn't being game planned what the, the packages are going to be. It's just going to be whoever the coaches need to get look at. So not the easiest uh, position for these guys to be in, but they did make plays when they had to, as far as winning this game. Like you said, there, there was that interception uh, in the red zone on the two point conversion attempt by the Eagles that technically won the game for them. So you had that, um, there were some good pass defenses in there as well. So ultimately, yeah, I think for next game, we want to see some improvements from this group. But ultimately, you know, it wasn't a bad one. It wasn't a bad uh, performance by these guys. Just one, I think, that, that could have been cleaned up a little better. But ultimately, I do think you are, you're at least content with, if you're the Ravens coaching staff, with, with what you saw in this game. I think that we do have a little bit of time to complain about NFL Plus. You know, they do take money for their service. <laughs> and now the coach's film is there, but it doesn't work. It didn't work last year. It doesn't work this year. And it's just a worse product than it, it was a couple of years ago, which makes no sense. They could have just not touched it, you know? <laughs> like, it's just unbelievable how bad it's a it mystery. is. Because, yeah, yeah. Now, now you can only watch the coach's film, like, basically play-by-play. Play. You have to, like, click, you know, one play at a time, and it doesn't play in yep. order. And it's just like, it's so obtuse. You're never going to do that. So, um, you know, shame on shame on them. I, I really think it's unacceptable. Power to the people. Give us the film. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's switch to offense. Offense was really interesting. They go out there. Josh Johnson starts. Not crazy because I know that the quarterback two competition's fresh. And, uh, you know, there's definitely, it's, it's not clear who's going to be quarterback two. Um, however, the, the performances suggest otherwise, uh, Johnson was not particularly sharp. He didn't have the velocity on his throws. He just looks like the, uh, 37 year old man he is. Whereas Huntley, you know, pro bowler comes in, granted it is definitely a, a dense, a lower level of competition, but just very smooth and is able to get down the field. Just seemed like a good operator. And, uh, like you said, you know, lamppost, it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> I don't know why lamppost came to my mind as, as instead of of the ring, but or as an alternative because the ring's already there. But we're gonna we're gonna go with it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Photoshop it if if they don't make it, which they won't. But um, yeah, I, I really found Josh Johnson's play puzzling. I mean, you look at his stat line. Okay, eight of 12, 45 yards, touchdown, no picks, a sack. 
like that that line isn't terrible, but it definitely looked a lot worse than that, particularly from a guy who's been in this league forever. So that was puzzling. Um, and I think particularly it was a little discouraging because, you know, the, the plus to Huntley is we know what he is. If, you know, we certainly hope this doesn't happen, but if Lamar goes down again, the coaching staff knows what this guy can and can't do. So, you know, that's, you know, right off the bat, what your expectations are and what's the plan is of attack you need to form. But if we're in that case again, we'd like to have some better play than we did from Huntley. And the other two guys who are out there, Josh Johnson, like we said, the vet who's been there for a while, disappointed. And Anthony Brown, unfortunately, um, you know, he, he had an excellent preseason last year, uh, came in here and, and really didn't take advantage of his opportunities. You know, he had a short field uh, when he first came in. He wasn't able to con- to get the offense into the end zone. I don't even think they picked up a first down that drive. Um, and then after that, he had he had the interception. And then there was another pass after that that almost got picked off. So uh, really discouraging performance for him, for a guy who's who's really fighting to, to stay on an NFL roster, really, at this point. So, um, But Tyler Huntley, like we said, just continues to dominate in the preseason. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, that that touchdown pass he threw to Tylen Wallace, you know, it wasn't anything too, too special, but it was still really nice to watch. Yeah. I liked the back shoulder aspect. It kind of felt like we didn't see too much of that in the Greg Roman era. I also was quite pleased with some of the route combinations I was seeing. Uh, the, the all 22 can't be denied is in our seats at the stadium. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it, I felt like it just looked a little different, you know, maybe it's the fact that I haven't been to a game in, you know, six or seven months. I haven't looked at all 22 in six or seven months. But I just felt like the concepts were a little bit different. The spacing of the, of the players was a little bit different. Like they were actually attacking all the blades of grass. Um, I, 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 was, I was pleasantly surprised. I don't think it was anything too crazy. They weren't like trying to give away any trade secrets. But I definitely think there was a little bit more um, I don't know, like purpose behind some of these routes. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm just uh, trying to see what I want to see. But I definitely, you know, it felt, it felt real. And I had a couple other people say the same thing. So maybe we're all just in the same Kool-Aid. But... It is what it is. <laughs> did you notice anything? I did. And I didn't get a chance to like delve into it as much as I would have liked to, but it certainly felt like you didn't see clumps of purple jerseys together. And that was something we always would see with, with Roman's offense. Um, I really liked the red zone pass concepts that we had. It felt like there they were options that were stretching the defense. It felt like the quarterback had multiple options of where to throw. Um, I particularly liked the setup that we had on, on Duvernay's touchdown where he had the trip bunched to the left and then the, they were able to get Duvernay on that that out slant there again for the back shoulder just like Wallace's touchdown which we talked about earlier and you know we're going to talk about Zay Flowers but I liked how they moved him around I thought that even though he only had one catch I think that he impacted the game in a bigger way than that while he was out there and certainly the the route combinations and the, and the formations that were out there was something that helped Zay do what he did. So early returns here, again, it's just preseason, but I'm excited to see what this is going to be when Lamar is out there with Andrews and Odell and, and everyone because it, it looks like there's it's going to be promising to bring out some new stuff and, and really get this passing attack going like it should have been going over the past couple of seasons. We joked in the Discord with J.K. Dobbins returning to practice. It was like the final stone in the Infinity Gauntlet. You know, you have those three wide receivers we love to talk about. You know, Bateman included. Uh, he's back as well. Boom. 
Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson holding it. I mean, he, he's going to have unlimited power. So I feel like, you know, he, he could he could definitely tear it up. I'm excited to see how this offense plays. But uh, I also think there's a little bit of gamesmanship that was going on. You know, they bring out Huntley in the second half. Who else did they bring out? Gus Edwards. Totally unnecessary. <laughs> you know, he, he looked whatever. He looked like himself. Um, I don't know why he's out there. doesn't make any sense to me. But Edwards was out there. You had uh, <laughs> Huntley. I mean, we immediately scored a touchdown. I feel as though there's a little bit of, uh, you know, holding back a little bit. Not holding back, but you know what I mean. Like, let's try to get our uh, our win. I don't know. But let's talk about the players on the running back side that are new to the equation. I thought Keenan Milchill had a, a real blowout performance. This was what everyone was hoping for but also afraid of. I mean, he looked like a guy that depends to, that, that should be on a roster. And now it depends on the coaching staff and front office to – figure out how to keep him around. I thought he was a really solid pickup after the draft. I was excited for him, and uh, he's looking the part. I want to keep seeing it. Oh, he looked good. Yeah, I, I mean, we got to find some way to to keep this guy on the roster. He's We were ex- excited when he was signed, and I, it's been a minute that I can think of that so much hype has been uh, attributed to a guy who who was undrafted, maybe the most hype we've had around the guy who was undrafted since Justin Tucker. It might have been, it might be that long, and you know the, he he did have his touchdown called back on a holding penalty. That was a penalty that you know maybe if that holding didn't happen, maybe he gets stopped there. But I mean he he hit that that hole hard. You saw that acceleration, and even on the kick returns, like. It's interesting. Obviously, Duvernay's been a Pro Bowl returner, but Mitchell looks like he might be able to to be better. I think he's he's shiftier. He might be. Fa- I don't know who's faster between those two. Though both those guys are pretty fast, but he really looked like he he hit those holes well. It had good vision. You know, maybe if the blocking was a little better, he could have brought one to the house. So this is this is a guy who has potential. He's going to do something in this league. I don't know what his ceiling is, but certainly. You know, he he can do something. So hopefully we can keep him around. I, I'd really hope that you know we don't keep Melvin Gordon over him. Although I, I I think with J.K. back, Melvin Gordon might just be a camp body. But yeah, Keaton Mitchell as advertised. Can't wait to see more of him this preseason. <laughs> yeah, I liked him too. I thought Justice Hill had a good um, a good game as well. He should burst. I thought he looked you know healthy and strong. Uh, at first, I actually thought he might have been Mitchell. You know, because he's 43. <laughs> the other guy's 34. Uh, and at first I was like, oh, that's fast. And then I was like, oh, wait, eh, that's that's Hill. He's fast. We know that too. But, um, yeah, I thought that was good. And I think it's also now important to talk about the offensive line. You know, we're talking about these run plays. Who's, who's the guy springing them? And, you know, John Simpson, I, I think he might be the starter. Sounds like you were impressed with him as well. Uh, what do you have to say? Oh, I mean, yeah, for me right now, I I didn't have an opinion on the guard competition going into this game, uh, but now I clear, I do. And <laughs> in my opinion, uh, yeah, John Simpson is far and away ahead of everyone else. And not just because the others are playing so poorly. I thought Cleveland played fine in this game. He certainly made some mistakes. One of them was that, as many have already pointed out, that, that failed block against Carter uh, that led to... I forget if it, was, if it was a sack or that was the incompletion that Johnson threw, kind of lame duck up in the air. Um, but, you know, and Salah, 
I think he was also as advertised. He's athletic, um, made some plays, other plays. He, he just got overpowered and missed blocks. But I mean, Simpson looked like a vet out there. He, he looked very confident. He looked like he knew what he was doing. And there was, he made some highlight blocks there too. He definitely pancaked a guy at one point. I saw him make second level blocks at, at other times as well. You know, what's funny about him and I wish I'd remembered this um, while we were recording with Ken. I didn't remember it till afterward. Uh, this was a guy who actually Ken and I talked about way back the first time I was ever on his show. Uh, oh, yeah. Looking at the um, interior lineman for the 2020 draft and guys the Ravens might be interested in. And I can't remember Ken's take on Simpson, but I remember watching him and, and seeing some things that I like. Thought he would be someone that he would be a good fit for the Ravens, particularly in his run blocking. He looks like he would be good for you know, the scheme that we've run, it's had a lot of good uh, instances of pulls um, on his tape. And what's funny is we actually did have a, a chance to draft him. You know, uh, we drafted Tyree Phillips round three, pick 106 overall in 2020. Three picks later, uh, the Raiders picked up Simpson. So that's that's interesting in retrospect. Um, of course, who knows if Simpson makes the team yet or, or, or not. But I, th- I think after that preseason game... I, he is certainly the one that I'd feel most comfortable with starting at left guard this year. And I think he could have a a pretty strong season. Like he, he looked very solid in the game to me. Yes. Ken has this theory of, uh, you know, the second person applying for the job has a better chance. We can learn from the other person's mistakes, know what they weren't doing. And and I think that's totally valid. And it wouldn't surprise me as well. If, um, you know, it's one of those things, the, start off with one player, like probably had communicated to both players. Like, you know, we're going to start with you and then we're going to switch to this guy and then see what happens. It's, it's easier to keep the status quo than the switch back. That's pretty damning for the other guy. And not necessarily as damning <laughs> for the one that, you know, just never gets his, his chance again. You know, maybe they're both even and it's like, well, let's just keep riding it or whatever. So I can definitely see uh, kind of some psychology games there. But you know what? I, this reminded me of something I want to talk about with defense. Man, you know what should hurt to see Eli Ricks get a pick six against us the guy that for rounds and rounds and rounds we were saying that the Ravens should draft to address their cornerback need and they just kept passing on him and drafting Caillou and then uh, Sala and all these guys you know Voorhees I'm not trying to say anything bad about all these any of these players I'm just saying we all wanted Ricks for rounds and rounds and we're like there must be something wrong with him he was undrafted then the Eagles get him now granted the Eagles they also send right they didn't pick him up either so like everyone sinned and then he looks pretty good and i'm just like man what's going on same thing with ringo ringo fell all the way to the fourth round remember we thought he might be a a early second round grade yep goes all the way to day three early day three pick don't get me wrong it was like one of the first three picks but nevertheless like falls all the way down oh and i'm just like how nice would it be you know i'm kind of concerned about our safe or our cornerback depth you know I, i think i would take ricks over uh I don't know, whoever QB5 or you know, CB5 is. I guess Pepe. You know, I want him over Pepe. I want him over, uh, probably over uh, over Seymour. Not that even saying Seymour's particularly bad, just like one of them's young and has a, a ceiling. Where uh, Seymour, you kind of know what he is. Anyways, I was a little frustrated by that. But uh, it's cool that you had that John Simpson uh, callback. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just saying, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was cool. Because I mean, like, you know, particularly with offensive linemen, they're the easiest guys to, to lose track of what the heck happened to them. You know, with these past couple of years, we're really delving into the draft and all these prospects. And it, it his name did ring a bell after we recorded. I was just like, man, it was that guy. I, I There was something about him I liked when we were doing that that episode, you know? So, mm. 
cool to see that, you know, he's still in the league. I, I honestly, you know, we'll see. We'll see if, if what we saw in the preseason translates to the regular season, but um, I thought it was a good first showing, definitely. Yeah, and then we'll, I guess we'll continue to see how Cleveland plays. I thought Falele looked way better uh, this game than even he had looked at some of the practices. He looked a little bit better. He's definitely getting there. I think, you know, when you have a guy with that kind of traits, I don't even care if it takes three years. You know, we, we got him pretty late. If he's even capable of being a right tackle for us, because I think Moses' contract might be up, or maybe it was a three-year contract. But nevertheless, you know, you have it probably probably the way it's structured. They have an option to get out of it pretty easily. Sure. So, right. Like if he can be a, a right tackle for us, that's pretty cool. You know, if 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 God forbid anything happened to Stanley and we needed to be a left tackle potentially, uh, you know, if he if he eventually like ascends to that level, that'd be amazing too. Uh, I, you know, right seems more achievable, but it's good to see that he's making progress, and that's always uh, what you hope for out of these late round guys. I think it's interesting to talk about tight end. You know, if you recall, <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing it, but I, I, I respect any degenerate who wants to go ahead and, and make a DFS card for uh, <laughs> for for preseason. And then there goes uh, Volkick getting himself uh, some catches, some production. Looked pretty good out there. And I felt like Kohler, not so much. Uh, you know, obviously had that fumble. They went right back to him, though. I haven't seen much out of Kohler yet that makes me super, you know, super excited. I hope they keep using him. But I also, like, it's an interesting group because Kohler feels pretty confident to make the team, given the draft cap- capital. And there's no one else after, after Volkic. So they, they kind of need another tight end <laughs> without them. Unless they really just want to give him a ton of snaps. So, like, when I saw Likely out there, I was a little disappointed. I was like, he already did his preseason darling thing. We don't need this again. And then he gets hurt. You know, he gets hurt. Uh, I don't think it's anything serious, but, like, you know, gets roughed up. These hospital balls. You don't want to see that. Yeah, I was surprised that uh, Likely was out there. Luckily, um, it doesn't seem like the the little nick up that he had is, is going to, to be anything. That's good. We don't need him out there. Um, he's going to have a great year in this offense. We need to see some more out of Charlie Kolar just because he hasn't been on the field. Uh, we need to see some more from uh, Vokalek. I, I mean, I wasn't disappointed with what I saw in Kohler. I mean, the fumble... You don't want to see that. Like, and I'm sure the coaches are going to tell him that. I kind of attribute it more towards this is a guy who hasn't been on the field much. Um, he's just trying too hard to make a play. And and then, you know, they, they went back to him and he did the right thing. He caught the ball, went out of bounds. Good. You learn from it quickly. That's great. Don't do that in the regular season if you're in that position. Um, but I, I agree at the same time, like the plays that he did make, the routes that he was running, I mean, like they were all like, pretty standard what you would expect a tight end at the NFL level to be able to do. So nothing stood out. I think we we still need to see more to, to see a- anything that, you know, really, really wows you as to, to why, you know, to justify the, the hype that was around him when he was drafted, um, both him and likely, I think we were pretty excited for when they were drafted in the fourth round, but I am excited to see more of, of vocal. Uh, his skill set reminds me a little bit of, of Dallas Clark. He seems that, you know, he's not, uber athletic but he runs the, the routes well i thought that that first catch he he um that huntley gave him was was pretty impressive he had to kind of extend to his highest point to grab that in stride that was a nice play so certainly a guy who, who's who's worth a look um like you're saying i think kolar basically has the tight end three uh locked down due to the draft capital but at the same time 
if Vokalek is making plays in camp and he has a big preseason, um, maybe Kolar's spot is uh, in jeopardy. I, I don't think that's likely, but if if he's making plays and Kolar isn't, then, you know, it, I, I think he'll at least be someone that they try and make a move to to keep on the practice squad. He seems like someone who's, who's in the mold of what Ravens like at tight end. I, I think he's he'll be valuable to them. Yeah, definitely. He'll absolutely get a practice squad spot. It's just to hope that he doesn't go somewhere else that, you know, he sees a better pathway. Cause honestly, there's not many teams that have as many tight ends as we do that you feel so That's good right. about. So it wouldn't be surprised me if he is a practice squad player, they wants to go somewhere else. Uh, and that'd be disappointing, but yeah, we'll see how they, they play that. And if he's able to stick around, I really hope, I hope so. Cause vocal X looking good. And apologies for you know, mispronouncing his name earlier. I didn't have it written down. I forgot the <laughs> extra syllable there. <laughs> uh, I think that's most of what I want to talk about with the offense. Anything else you want to talk about, Peter? I mean, I guess we should talk about the wide receiver position briefly. We already hit on Zay, um, so I don't think there's much more to talk about that. Talk a bit about Duvernay and Wallace. Um, it was unfortunate to see Prochet make that fumble on the punt return. Uh, he's a guy who needs to do basically everything right to stay on this roster, it feels like, at this point. Other than that, not too much to talk about with the wide receiver position, although there was one guy, Sean Ryan, undrafted guy, you know, uh, listed at 6'1", 200 pounds. Uh, he made some plays out there. He looked uh, pretty strong, in my opinion, out there. Not a guy who I, I think right now at this point is, is going to you know push for the wide receiver four position over Duvernay, but again, another guy in the vein of Vokalek who has some uh, traits here that you might want to put on the practice squad and see what you can develop. Uh, you know, we've never had a guy undrafted at the wide receiver position be a project that you would, you know, three, four years down the line as a guy who's contributing. But I think you look at him, he seems to me to be like a, a more c- complete package than maybe say like a guy like Bridges last year. Um, or, or this year, I should say. Bridges was out there, but didn't really make it make an impact. Only one preseason game once again, but I, there's traits there that I'm intrigued in. And I, I want to see what he does these next two games because... There, there seems to be something there that I think is worth exploring. Yeah, kid out of Rutgers. Definitely, uh, you know, the 6-3 size that you, you want to see out of a, a guy that we don't really have on the roster. Most of our guys are relatively small. So definitely could see him being the practice squad guy. I don't see him being on the team over a guy like Wallace as, as the number six, just because Wallace contributed so much to special teams. He's also looking like he's starting to maybe ascend a little bit. You know, I saw some stuff at, at camp that was okay. And uh, Ryan, you know, he showed some at the camp as well. Uh, I, I like to I see uh, Polk as well, but obviously he got hurt, so that kind of stinks. Um, I remember Black has, had been turning some heads and, and Demas to an extent, but not as much. But it feels like Bridges has kind of fallen off. It really hasn't been his year um, in, in, the, in the camp battle and also in the game. So we'll see how this uh, continues to develop. And yeah, I mean, Prochet, I was so sad. I, I, I was yelling at James, you know. I was just like, God, come on, you can't do that. You know, they're just disappointed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, and you know what's interesting about him and all this time I just think about like he's gonna get cut and then I think to myself like they're not even gonna bring him to the practice squad I don't think which is like kind of sad because I feel like he would be fine on the practice squad like he he feels like the right quality of player but like part of me is like they're gonna just move on and I don't know if anyone's gonna pick him up and that'll just be sad I could see a team like uh, I don't know I feel like any like Shanahan tree like McVay tree offense could use a guy like Prochet super well. I feel like like 
I think he has something to offer this league as a technician, but he just makes so many like plays that are questionable sometimes that you're just like, ah, I don't know. Still like the guy. Yeah, there's a couple um, relative splash games he had uh, in 2021. Keep feeling further and further away. Um, yeah, again, a guy who who's had some intriguing traits, has been given some chances and just uh, things just haven't worked out so far. So, you know, you always root for guys. Uh, I don't think there's any player who's played for the Ravens that even if, you know, really frustrated with how they played on the field, you know, you root for these guys. You figure out who they are unless they give you a real reason for you to not. And <laughs> Prochet, I don't, I don't think has. So hope it for him that it can work out somewhere in the league, but it is seeming increasingly uh, more apparent as the weeks go on that it's not going to be here. Indeed. On that somber note, let's talk about our MVPs. Peter, rattle them off. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I think there's several players you could you could put in here. Uh, for myself, you know, I, the Malik Ham, like we said, he had that sack. Uh, he was flying around there on the defense. I really thought that he had a great game. I didn't realize this. I have a defensive, offensive, and special teams MVP. But um, uh, Keaton Mitchell... Offense is uh, MVP, but I guess he's kind of a tweener too because special teams, he did things that were good. And, you know, a guy we haven't talked about, I liked what I saw at Jordan Stout. You know, we were a little bit disappointed with his rookie year. Granted, I think we, we really liked his preseason last year as well, but I thought that he did a really good job placing the punts this game. There weren't big returns. Um, some of them he had had to kick pretty far. I'm trying my best to, to sound makes punting sound somewhat interesting in, in talking about it. It's really hard to discuss <laughs> punting in a way that's interesting at all. But suffice to say, I liked what we saw out of Stout. Hopefully he can continue on that and have a stronger year than he did in his rookie year because I think he has talent, uh, just needs to get some some more consistency. Yeah, for sure. He definitely seems to be more confident. He's been talking about uh, – the coaches have been saying they, they've seen a clear improvement out of him. Apparently he was just like a, a kicker, you know, that just – punted as far as he could kind of thing long as far as far and then he was trying to learn more of the directional punting game and it was a little bit of a learning curve but uh you know i'm excited for him he obviously had a clear talent in college it's very translatable skill so hopeful that he'll be able to play really well and i just got sniped again in our draft and i'm i'm, I'm, I'm in shambles <laughs> <laughs> luke shoemaker oh, was my next pick oh man is that for a, yeah. for a league that's oh, for charity oh and it was steve how dare he how dare he? Oh, he knew I was going to take him. Ah, oh, fine. I'll take Cedric Tillman. Oh, I'm so upset. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Cedric Tillman, gonna... man, your, your darling pre, pre-NFL draft has turned into your, your lament that you have to, have to settle for them. Well, you know. In, it, in a fantasy I'm, dynasty draft. I'm, I'm trying to win this year, unfortunately. So, well, inside baseball. This is a Scott Fishbowl dynasty league. If you know anything about Scott Fishbowl, <laughs> it changes the rules every year. But our rosters will not change. So, <laughs> this year, the tight ends are super inflated. Because they can get up to four points on a single reception. If, if it's a first down reception. So, it's just like, everyone wants a tight end. I wanted the Shoon man. And, uh, yeah. Anyways, that, that really hurt. I'll have to clip this for, for Steve and, and the rest of the group to hear the tilt. But uh, all right, here are my MVPs. I think you had a really good list, by the way. I, I loved Malik Ham. He was one of my MVPs when I did the show with Ken, all on the defense. And um, yeah, and uh, Key Mitchell, obviously. And, and, and Stout, I, I wasn't even thinking of. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's great. All right, here are mine. Key Mitchell as well. So we got overlap there. 
Travis Jones, because I thought he played mm. quite well. And what, what Ken said, and I thought it was really a stoop point, is that this might have been the one performance that actually changed schematic plans of the Ravens going into the, you know, the season. Because he showed so much as a three-tech and ability to, to dominate. They might try to get him into more places than they were thinking before. And then Daryl Worley, you know, he had an incredible game. It was the hammer. And I think the reason it's kind of significant for him is as an eight-year vet, you're always kind of fighting for your life. And he played so well that if he doesn't get a Ravens roster spot, which I'd be surprised about, he'll definitely get one somewhere else. And, um, yeah, I think he's a quality safety, and this just shows that the Ravens have another year of great safety depth. And uh, I guess I'll wrap up the show. The Ravens play Monday night, so we'll uh, record. I think we're talking about doing it on Wednesday. So we'll be back then with a a recap of how they do against the Buccaneers. And uh, is it the Bucs or is it the Commanders? I think it's the Bucs. It's one or the other. Oh, no, no, wait. Might be. Actually, I I think I lied. I think it's the Commanders. We really should know this. We're we're professional podcasters. (laughs) It is is the Commanders. We are professional podcasters, but... I don't know. I, I feel like like the opponent doesn't matter in preseason. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're, really we're focused on on seeing these players that that we're hardly going to get to see during the regular season. Like that's what we're uber focused on here. Yeah. We you know <laughs> we ca- we do we do care about the streak tongue in cheek, but really what we really care about here is you know player development and seeing who's a diamond in the rough uh, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know how I figured it out though? It's because the uh, bobblehead night for uh, Felipe Bautista is on the 26th when they play um, when they play the Bucks. So I was like conflicted. I'm like, am I, gonna, am I gonna watch which one am I gonna watch? You know, am I gonna go to the game and try to get a bobblehead? Which it feels like a no because I guarantee you it's gonna sell out and they only have fifteen thousand and it's anything like Mother's Day that's gonna just be gone so fast that you're like, what the heck? And then like it matters what entrance you pick, you know, like if you pick one entrance you're gonna get it, the other one you're not. It's <laughs> just uh, I don't know if this game I wanna play. But uh yeah. Find yourself at the ballpark if you haven't already. It's a great time. We've talked about it many times, but it's worth saying again. With that, we'll wrap up the show. Peter, always good talking to Ravens with you. And we'll catch you next week.